Welcome to Infinite Possibilities, Rise from the Ashes of Your Past, a show where emotional health and resiliency are the keys to moving through all that stuff from your past that's holding you back in your life, business, and relationships, and hijacking the success you desire. Listen in and feel empowered to step into all of your possibilities. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome to the first full episode of Infinite Possibilities, Rise from the Ashes of Your Past. There is so much to talk about in this first episode, and I assure you, I will share more of who I am and how I got here in a bit. But for now, there's a few things to share first so you really understand why I created this show for you. I'm Susan Desenzi, your host. And as a therapist and coach for over 22 years, I've witnessed thousands and thousands of people not live their best self, their true potential, their infinite possibilities. I've watched them be consumed by fear and self-doubt, stress, feeling not good enough, you know, all those damn enoughs that can stop us dead in our tracks feeling unworthy and incapable. And you know, I felt heartbreak after heartbreak as each client came to me for some particular issue, like, I don't know, you know, uncertainty in their career or in their relationship or just not feeling like they had a voice or obviously like anxiety and depression and sadness. And I had to ask, why? Why are you so afraid to be who you are? Why are you not living your best self? And you know what? Their responses were always the same. I don't know who that is. And that was, got it. it. It felt like it just ripped out my soul. And so because I got it, you know, it, it might have ripped out my soul, but I got it. I understood what they were saying. I felt their pain too, and I could really identify with it because I had done the same thing for close to 25 years. I hid behind who I thought I was supposed to be versus who I knew inside that I was. And I grew tired of knowing that if my clients, friends and family, human beings overall, could really understand how we take the world in, how our emotions actually trick us, and how we can all learn to move through these emotions instead of being kind of trapped by them, I knew that we'd all feel a sense of emotional mastery and then much more easily be able to change our own behaviors, from the things that hold us back to deciding who we are and then learning how to really be that. Now, one of my favorite quotes is by Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. I've loved that quote for years and years. But you know what? It's not an easy thing to do. And why? Well, the truth is, no one's ever taught us how to be ourselves, really how to deal with all this adulting stuff that gets in the way. You know, those pesky little things called responsibilities and expectations that oftentimes cause us to basically run on autopilot. Or really learning how to be emotionally intelligent and smart, which is the newest thing we've heard of, right? Or really listening to others because they know best. Well, you know, having higher what they call emotional quotient and intelligence, you know, they're saying that you'll land that job easier, that you'll have better relationships, and you'll move through life easier. And while that's true mostly to some degree, I call bullshit on that. And even though it can help us to live our life in a more positive way when we raise that kind of emotional intelligence and become more of that emotional master, so to speak. The real question is, how do we do that when we've really been facing a lifetime of past conditioning and beliefs that are so ingrained in us that we can't see past that? 
Well, that's the part that no one ever taught us. Instead, you know, I'm sure you've heard things like, suck it up, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, put your big girl or big boy panties on, damn it, and you'll be fine. Well, I call another bullshit on that one. And it doesn't work. Because here's what happens. Just as we start to believe that we're kind of pulling ourselves up by the bootstrap, something happens, and then what we find we do is we stuff it back down, right? We avoid it, we distract it, we numb out. We do whatever we have to do to avoid any kind of pain or uncomfortability because we just want to move toward pleasure and away from pain, which is actually hardwired into our brain, so you know, and I'll get more into that later. Now, then, as a result of that, we turn to things to soothe us, to make us feel good, or to at least allow us to distract and avoid and numb out for a while. Things like addictions, which could be using substances, playing video gaming, shopping, sex, online surfing, you name it, the list is endless of what we can actually become addicted to. Or we might become a people pleaser and lose our own voice, thus really forgetting who we are inside. And then someone might come along and say things like, well, who are you? What do you want? And we're like, what? Hell if I know, I'm just trying to get by. I'm just trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to start this business. I want to make my partner happy so they can get off my case. I just want to be happy. I want to have a normal life. And it really becomes this never-ending cycle that seems impossible to break, right? So really, after seeing this in my own life for so many years and seeing it in all of my clients in one form or another, I knew I had to help people in a bigger way, to learn that emotional mastery for themselves so that they wouldn't be dependent anymore on the distraction, the avoidance, and all the ways we cope by like stuffing it down and, you know, basically all the things we've been trained essentially and used to doing. And thus this podcast was born. But it's really not just a podcast. It is my absolute intention to start a real movement, a movement on this planet toward emotional health and resiliency, toward emotional mastery. And so that, you know, we can really welcome in the changes that we wish to see in the world and be that. And so welcome to the emotional health and resiliency movement. Now, it's not the catchiest of names, but maybe over time you can help with that. So really, how did I get here? Well, I'm 55, and I'm as real as real gets. I don't believe in hype. I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. I don't believe in laying on a thick coating of bullshit to cover up the real stuff underneath. I'm as transparent as can be. If I didn't have skin, (laughs) you'd probably see my guts inside. No, wait. We, we don't want that. But really, you know, look, I believe that the only way to get to the, the really tough stuff underneath is if you know what that tough stuff is. And if you know how to access it, dismantle it, and destroy that old conditioning that's kept it in place for all these years, you'll finally be able to move through it. You can't obviously change your actual past. But you sure as hell can change the way your brain and mind store it away and essentially remove the triggers of it so it no longer stops you and holds you back. So I'll share my tough stuff with you. I'll share all the deep, dark thoughts and fears that I've had along the way that caused me to buy into the bullshit and kept me small for a lot of years. I'll share my experiences and those of my clients, friends, and family so you can see how it applies to everyone. And I'll share what really changed my life. Here's the deal. I almost ended my life when I was 28. I was intent on committing suicide because I just dealt with the sixth 
violent assault a couple of weeks before, and my ex-husband said something that cut me to the core. Now, after six assaults over four incidences, ranging from when I was five till 28, I honestly just didn't have the will to live anymore. But I had a nearly two-year-old son at the time who needed me. Regardless, I sat down to write him a letter. And as I was just about to put that letter in the envelope and seal it, I recalled a childhood vision. Me, at four, standing in front of a mirror with the unbridled belief that anything was possible. That knowingness inside that I was meant for so much more. And something snapped inside of me at that moment. Instead of putting the letter into the envelope and sealing it up and then going on and ending my life, I instead finally tapped into that internal strength and put it away. I had no idea how I was going to use my voice from that point forward or change my life, but I knew that I had to or I'd die. I made the choice in that moment to take my life back to say fuck it to all the bad shit that had happened and decided I was going to commit to believing I am worthy of living and I have a lot to do. And honestly, my life has never been the same since. And through the years, I had to wonder as I was asked a million times, how? How did you reach that place? And you know what? For a long time, I didn't have an answer except that all I could say was that I knew in my gut, in my heart, since I was four, that we as human beings, as this human race, have so much more to offer the world, that we all have gifts and talents and impact to make, and that we can get stuck in our past and believe the lies, or we can learn to dismantle them and find our own voice and our own truth and our own path. And I also knew that we are much bigger than just our physical body. Now, not to get all, as some would say, woo-woo, but I knew that there was something grander than just like me living in this body. I knew there was this bigger like expression of us, this soul. I didn't have that language when I was four, obviously, but I knew there was this deeper divinity. I trusted my heart when I was little. I learned to not trust it as I grew older. And so in finding that path, that's kind of what I did. I just kind of made the choice to begin uncovering who I really am at that heart, at that core, and figuring out the ways by talking with friends and family and other coaches and therapists how to kind of move through all the emotional shit that I had learned to believe were absolute truths. And you absolutely can do the same. So this podcast is called Infinite Possibilities because I believe with every fiber of my being that every single human being on this planet has infinite possibilities within them and can live from those possibilities if one learns how to deconstruct the game we were all taught to play from our birth. So this show is going to really be an ongoing, evolving, living, breathing interaction with you, sharing all that I've learned as a therapist, coach, author, entrepreneur, speaker, human being, mother, wife, friend, sister, daughter, business owner, and so many other roles, but Also, as someone who at my core, and this is really who I am, is compassion, love, integrity, authenticity, laughter, dance, music, hope, poetry, peace, possibility, and infinitely divine. Again, among many others. And I say laughter because, you know, this is serious stuff. We're dealing with emotions. We're dealing with experiences. We're dealing with stress and trauma and fear and all the shit 
that all of us as adults have had to deal with for so long, regardless of how, you know, how old you are or what age you're at. And man, we got to laugh at this a little bit sometimes. We have to be able to laugh a little bit because if we don't, we're just going to stay stuck in our head. All right. So how do we really begin to ride this, you know, like I call it this emotional roller coaster of being an adult? Where do we get on? So we can kind of learn then and choose where we get off at. Well, for that, it's important to look at some foundations. And the next couple of shows will go into that foundational stuff in a, in a much deeper and more important way that will really help you to begin to understand how we not only take the world in, but how it kind of gets twisted up and skewed by our mind, which, by the way, is technically the guard and the sentry of all of our experiences. It's the protector, our mind is, of all this incoming data. And then, you know, we'll look at how it kind of keeps getting re-triggered up, you know, with us kind of left to ask why, right? Why do I feel like this? How do I deal with this? Why does this keep happening? Why can't I change it when I really want to and am trying? It's the proverbial why, 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 why. Ugh. You know, sometimes that why question is awesome, and sometimes it flat out sucks. And that's the truth. And this show will really help you to start figure out the differences and what to do about it when it comes up. Each episode, including today, will always be filled with tips and tools and strategies you can actually apply to your own life. Remember, none of that sugar-coated bullshit of just be happy, be positive, put sticky notes around your whole house, say affirmations in the mirror daily. Now, granted, I give you Yes, some of that can work for a while, and sometimes it absolutely can add to your growth for sure, and your essential movement through the emotions and the difficult shit. But it is not the first place to start. So really, how about learning to really put it where it belongs in the past without it still continuing to haunt you and stop you? from living your true potential and possibility. I think that would be a welcome breath of fresh air, don't you? So here's the first kind of foundational piece. And (laughs) I'm a little afraid to say this, but don't kill me when I say this because you might disagree, but please bear with me and hear me out through this episode and the next couple. These foundational pieces are super important and will potentially change the way you see so many things, but it's a bit of a process and it can take a little while to kind of wrap your head around. So kind of here's this first piece. Did you know that emotions really aren't real? Ah, that they're simply illusions you've learned to believe are truths. That's a big statement, right? That's pretty bold. It's like, what do you mean? Of course I feel stuff. Of course, I feel emotions. This chick's crazy. But here, let me share why. Now, it's really much more complicated on many levels, you know, than what I just said. And I will explain it over this episode and the next few episodes, you know, and how this all really ties together. And throughout the show from here on out, you will learn all the pieces and how they fit together and and have more practice with all of it. But for today, because I don't want to overwhelm you, here's just a basic beginning, an example first, so that you can really kind of understand in an easier way what I'm going to then explain. So let's say I'm five years old, and I am going to do the kindergarten play. And I've never been on stage before. This is our little kindergarten, you know, end of the year play. And I'm standing behind the curtain and I start to get really fidgety, right? I get really fidgety and jittery and, you know, I'm just standing there and I'm feeling all this stuff, but I don't maybe really have language to understand, you know, what it all is. And the teacher comes over and she says to me, Susie, what's wrong? Now, maybe I have the language for it, maybe I don't, but let's just say I 
you know, I'm able to let her know that I have these, you know, kind of jittery feelings and I have these butterfly feelings in my tummy and all that stuff. And she looks at me and she takes my hand and she says to me, oh, Susie, you're just nervous. You're scared. It'll be okay. Now, here's what happened. I just learned when I was five how to associate the physical feelings that I was feeling in my body, that jitteriness, that butterfly feeling in my tummy. And I learned to attach the label to it that she gave me, the nervous and scared label, along with the context of that story, right? I'm standing on stage and I'm about ready to go before all these people in the audience to do this little play. So I really kind of learned to associate the physical stuff I was feeling, which emotions and feelings are two very different things. I'm talking about the feelings of the physical stuff, right? The jitteriness, the shuffling of my feet. I don't know what to do with my hands, that butterfly feeling in my tummy. Maybe I'm really hot. Maybe I'm a little sweaty. And then I'm given the label nervous and scared. Oh, you're just afraid. You're just nervous and scared to attach to those physical feelings within the context of that story. And then guess what? It gets stored in my little file folder brain, which, by the way, doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. And we'll get into more of that a little bit later and in future episodes. It gets stored in my brain and it stays there until my mind needs to recall it again at a future point in time. So now let's fast forward to when I'm 16. Now you can plug in your own experience, but I'm sure that we've all had very similar experiences to this before. I'm 16, I'm in high school, I'm going to do a speech class. And the teacher that I have is really, really tough on everybody. She's very critical. She's very hard on everybody. She gives low grades. And I know I have to have this class and I have to do well in this class in order to get to the next class that I need after this one. So I'm already going into it feeling a little bit worried, right? Because I've heard so much about the teacher and I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen if? And I'm sitting there with my friends practicing the speech and I've got my little note cards and I'm fumbling. I'm dropping the cards, I'm stumbling over my words, and they're like, what's matter with you? Like, what's wrong with you? you, you you're you, always so good at doing speeches. Like, why are you struggling with this? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, what if the teacher does this? And, you know, what if I screw up? And what if she doesn't like this? And, man, I really need this class in order to get to that, you know, that next class. And they're like, chill. But I find it hard to chill because my mind is just racing with all this stuff about this teacher, right? Now, it's not obviously the same, okay? But your mind, because it's the protector, it will make an instant comparison to see if this situation is the same as any other situation I've ever had. And it will pull that little file folder out of my brain called nervous and scared and maybe even anxiety, right? And it'll pull it out from its little storage area and it will look and say, oh, yep, it's pretty close. And all of a sudden, what will happen, because the brain doesn't know what's real or not real, it will start flooding my body with those same chemicals that I felt when I was five that are going to make me feel that butterfly feeling in my tummy, that are going to make me feel that shakiness and that jitteriness, which is, you know, like why I'm dropping the note cards, right? And stumbling over my words. And it's making me kind of forget my speech. And that's because the mind interpreted the physical feelings that I was feeling. And it looked at them and said, yup, it's nervousness, anxiety, and fear. It's scaredness. It's the same thing as what I felt before, even though my 16-year-old mind notices that it's different. I'm obviously 16, and it's obviously speech class, and I'm not doing a little play. I still have this fear that's kind of ruling the show, right? 
So emotions, as you know, you've probably heard a gazillion times before, they're really nothing more, and this is why I say they're illusions, they're really nothing more than that emotion, energy in motion. It's the biochemical energy that is flooding my body, moving through my body, that my mind then gives a label to based on the context of a story. So it's like giving a speech or being on stage in front of a bunch of people or like, you know, when I was five or, you know, really you can plug in your own example here because this is how we take, partly how we take the world in. This is how our mind as the protector and the sentry and the guard to all that incoming data and experience really kind of makes sense of things. But I'm going so far as to say emotions are illusionary, right? Like that's that's pretty strong, right? But they really are because they're all created by the mind and its protective interpretation. Now, okay, don't get me wrong. Of course they're real. We feel them. Okay, I'm not saying we don't feel emotions. I'm just saying how they're kind of created is illusionary in its nature. And this is kind of the key and how we can begin to dismantle all that past conditioning. So obviously we feel like I know I felt a deeper heaviness in my heart when I lost someone I love or when a pet died, right? My mom's been gone almost 20 years. I still miss her every day. I don't have the level of tearful grief that I had, you know, much more earlier on after she passed away, but I still to this day sometimes really feel that deep, heavy grief and sadness in missing her. Maybe something important happened in in my life or or with her grandchild's life or whatever, and I wish she was here to share that. So it's real. We feel that. Or maybe we feel a, a, a different kind of sadness like when we're in a relationship that we really liked and we thought would be long-term, and then it ended, and we didn't want it to end. Or we absolutely can feel worry, like that in the pit of your stomach kind of, like, oh, kind of worried, upset, fearful feeling that something might happen or there, there might be some outcome that'll happen that is potentially negative, and it's because we don't want to see that negative thing happen, right? So the truth is, we feel these emotions. They're very real in that way. And I get that this is a lot to digest right now. And I promise you we're going to take it slower, because I truly don't want to overwhelm you And it's a lot of conditioning that we need to break down and break apart. We need to literally obliterate it from our beliefs. And that takes time and it's a process. But the whole point of this is that it's possible. So the truth is, we're actually very simple creatures as these human beings. But because of all this past conditioning stuff and all these beliefs and expectations, all these perceptions and experiences we've had, it's really now become a very kind of complicated process to get back to that simplicity. But again, it's possible. So let's keep going because I promised you kind of a base foundation and understanding. And I want to get to, you know, kind of a a tool you can use a little bit later to begin to start kind of destroying this conditioning. All right. So Again, we may feel the emotions as real because, you know, again, remember, our brain doesn't know what's real or not real, but that's only because that's how we make sense of the world. That's why and how we learn to use language. We had to put meanings to things in order to understand them. So when I say that they're illusions, I'm really just saying that the meanings we've learned to give things are all subjective based on those experiences and our perceptions, which all of that comes from, you know, our childhood, our teenage years, our adulthood. And honestly, we can change them if we find they are no longer serving us by stopping us from following our dreams, our heart, 
and our infinite possibility and potential. Now, here's another little example of how the brain doesn't know what's real or not real. Imagine that I'm walking down the street and it's late at night and I'm by myself and I hear footsteps behind me. And I'm like, hmm, okay, whatever. You know, I'm just walking. Maybe I'm heading home or something. And I notice that when I stop, the footsteps stop. And then I notice when I start again, the footsteps start again. And then I notice that when I turn a corner, the footsteps still seem to be there. All right, so all of a sudden, my mind is interpreting that I might be being followed. Well, now I've kicked in what's called the fight or flight response in my body, in my brain, which is all about survival. And so my brain is going to flood my body with chemicals like cortisol and norepinephrine and adrenaline, which are needed to give me strength, speed, and agility if I needed to get away in order to survive. But I still don't know for sure I'm being followed. I'm feeling this in my body now, and I start to notice that my breath is becoming more rapid, and my breath is becoming shallower, and I'm noticing that I'm starting to feel very shaky and what we'd call nervous, and I'm starting to feel fear, right? Like, oh shit, I'm being followed. How do I get safe? What am I going to do? And it goes along for a little while where I stop, the footsteps stop. But then here's a curious thing that happens. I stop, and the footsteps keep going in a different direction. And all of a sudden, my mind goes, oh, you're safe. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was being followed. Oh, my God. And I realized that I wasn't in danger. I wasn't being followed. And so I've basically told my brain that I'm safe. So the fight or flight switch gets turned off. My brain stops flooding my body with these chemicals because I don't need them now for survival. And as I'm sitting there, as the chemicals are dissipating through my body, I notice that I begin to breathe slower, right? My heart rate is slowing down. My breath is becoming deeper. And I'm feeling a calmerness. Now, here's the really curious thing that happens. All of a sudden, my mind goes, God, you're stupid. Are you kidding me? Why do you always think you're being followed? Why did you jump to that conclusion? And I start having maybe this dialogue in my head that's like, well, you know, look, I thought the footsteps, you know, were behind me. I thought someone was following me. And I got scared and I didn't want to get hurt. And, you know, a gazillion things that your mind can be saying to you. And so, you know, because our mind doesn't really know what's real or not real, it can be tough to get back to that simplicity, even though it's possible, because we have so much of that past conditioning to overcome. Maybe you had an experience when you were younger where you actually were being followed for a little while. Maybe it was a joke by a friend, but it didn't matter. You still learned how to feel a little bit of that fear when you heard those footsteps. Or maybe one of your parents was always very critical of you and you felt like you could never do anything right. And so when you go to do something now, if you don't get the utmost absolute, you know, praise on whatever it is you, you've you done or showing them, you might feel incredibly criticized. All right, so let's keep going. Because, you know, the $64,000 question really is then, how do we do that? How do we move through all this stuff? How do we really begin to dismantle those illusions and all that past conditioning? How do we really learn to find you know, our truth and determine who we are. And you first kind of have to know a bit more of who you are before you can begin to kind of unpeel those layers and get rid of all that shit that's been holding you back. If we don't really kind of know who we are at the core, 
then how are we going to be able to really understand all this emotional stuff? How are we going to get off that roller coaster, right? All that up and down and up and down of, you know, like feeling like I'm moving forward in my life. I have this career. I'm making money. I have my own place. And then all of a sudden I lose my job. And then I'm thrown back into the fear of what's going to happen. Will I be able to stay here? I only have so much money. What if I can't find a job quickly? What's going to happen if? All that if, if then stuff, right? And again, trust me, we'll get into all of that over all the episodes because this is so critical, right? This was such a big thing for all my clients, for myself, for friends and family, and just about everybody I've ever met as we just, you know, sat and had like, casual conversation. These are the things that stop us dead in our tracks. These are the things that cause us to go, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and I can't do that. I don't have that skill. I don't have that experience. I don't have that training. Joe Blow over there is doing it and see, he had this, that, and the other. And look at, you know, Susie over there, she's doing it because she had, you know, an awesome family life. I had a shitty childhood. I was, you know, maybe abandoned or my parents didn't give two squats or I had a really critical mother or father or they never said I love you to me. I mean, God, there's a gazillion, bajillion reasons why we can kind of get stopped by our past. And the only way to really start to move through all of that is to first really understand a bit of who you are. So I have a little thought exercise for you. This is a little one of those tools that you can use. And if you need to pause, you know, the podcast here and come back to it after you've done it, that's awesome. But if you don't want to pause it now, just do it later. All right. You don't have to do that. I mean, you don't have to write it down, but I recommend that you do because it's a whole lot easier when you write it down on paper, or you record it on an audio for yourself so you can listen to it back or read it back and see it right in front of you. And then you can kind of feel into that and go, yeah, that that feels about right, or it doesn't. So ask yourself, who am I? Wow, that's a loaded question, right? Who am I? All right, so just like I answered above a little bit before, or, you know, answered before a little bit, I'd like to ask you to kind of do this assignment by avoiding the roles that you play. So how I talked before about, um, you know, a wife and a mother and a sister, well, here's the roles that maybe you play. Maybe you're a wife or a mother or a sister or a brother or a son or a husband or a friend or a coworker or an employee or an engineer or an author or an entrepreneur, whatever. Again, there's a gazillion roles that we all play. But if you had to answer this question, who are you at your core? What drives you and makes you feel juiced, alive, the parts of you that have to be, no matter what, what do you think you'd say? So like for me, as I said earlier, I'm authenticity. I'm compassion. I'm empathy. I'm also music and dance and love and inspiration and laughter. These are things I cannot not be. Now, I know that's a double negative and it also you know, can get a little confusing sometimes. But what I mean is like, these are just parts of me that are, and they're there all the time. So let's say I'm in a grocery store and I hear some music playing while I'm got my cart and I'm kind of going up and down the aisles, grabbing some stuff. Well, without even realizing it, because I am music, I love music so much. It fills me up. It lights me up. It's part of who I am at the core. I'll notice that my body will just start to move as I'm kind of pushing the cart. I'm just kind of like, you know, subtly dancing a little bit. And if it's appropriate, I might even start singing a little because I love music and I love to sing and I love to express that way. Now, nobody says I have to have a voice like Celine Dion. I might sound like a dead cat, but 
I love music and I love to move and I love to sing. So I'm not going to do it enough to disturb anybody else, obviously, but because I don't give a shit what others think of me. I mean, sure, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to be liked by people. And I, of course, am the same. Of course, I want to be liked by people, but I don't let how other people see me define me. So if someone doesn't like me or they judge me because I'm standing in the grocery store while I'm shopping on my own, not hurting anybody, and I'm moving along with my cart doing a little movement of like, you know, a little dancing and a little like low level singing, if they want to have an opinion about it, knock yourself out. Go for it. Have all the opinion about me that you want. I know what lights me up. I know what makes my heart feel like it's singing. And I don't literally mean singing. I mean like it's soaring, right? So why not allow myself to feel what my heart is kind of calling me, which is, you know, music and movement, and just move to it? Now, here's the flip side, though. Let's say I'm at a funeral and I feel that desire because there is some music playing in the funeral parlor. And there's that part of me that wants to feel like I want to start moving and maybe singing a little. Well, clearly, I'm going to honor where I'm at in the situation and why I'm there. And I'm going to push that feeling away, right? Kind of out of my realm of wanting to do it because my love and respect for the person or the family or the person who passed away is more. So I will back off, right? Now I'll back off, but it won't be because of fear of what they thought about me. It'll be more because of my desire to honor them. Do you see the difference? And so let's say like with compassion and empathy, right? Let's say I disagree with someone or I flat out have a judgment about a situation. I'll still find that my compassion and my empathy kick in because this is how I see people, right? I see people and I feel their pain. I see them and I feel their heartache. And I may be able to even identify with it because maybe I felt the same too. But what I'm able to do is set aside my kind of ego thoughts about it and just kind of be in my heart center with them. Because at the core, I am compassion and I am empathy. Now, this is how I could work in a prison for years with adult males who had done some serious stuff, even though I myself had been a six-time sexual assault survivor. By then, by the time I worked in this prison, though, I have to say I had completely forgiven all the, the men who had done these things to my physical body, and I had completely been able to let it all go. By then, I was thriving, and it wasn't like I was just, you know, barely existing or trying to survive. But that's how I could work in the prison, because I saw them in their pain. Now, I wasn't stupid. I stayed cautious about who they are, which is adult males who are incarcerated, and they can play the criminal game and the criminal mind games that kind of happen. So I was cautious about that, but I refused to not see them for who they were at their core. So do you see the difference in that? So the question then is, who are you? What makes you feel alive and juiced? So look, I know that that's a lot today, and I sure hope it's not overwhelming. You know, dismantling this negative conditioning of your past and shattering all those limiting beliefs that you've held to be true, it's not easy, and especially when you're just beginning. But it's truly not that hard. It just takes time and practice. And that's really what we're going to do together on the show through all the episodes like this where I'm just sharing some foundational stuff and some processing stuff and some understanding of all this human stuff, right? And then through awesome guests that I'll have on the show who will share with you their expertise and really how they overcame their challenges and learned to thrive and, and really not just survive. And then I'm even going to do some unscripted online therapy and coaching, 
so you guys can get to see how it works, you know, for your life with specific issues. So if you're interested in potentially being on the show for that portion, you know, just hit me up and let me know. My contact info is in the show notes, but you can always go to www.susandesenzi.com and my name is at the top of the show so you know how to spell it. And just fill out the contact form and let me know that you'd like to maybe come on the show. We'll talk and, and, and see if it's a good fit. And I'd really love to hear your feedback too, because I'd love to hear if this was helpful, if you think I'm full of shit, or, you know, how this might have changed something for you. Because none of this is easy. But if we don't start to learn to move through all this emotional stuff, that has had us on this roller coaster for a long time, we're not really going to change the world like we all want to do. And if you're an entrepreneur or an author or a coach, a therapist, a human being, which you are, you're going to get stuck by some of this sometimes. And it's really tough when we know as human beings that we're all in this together And we really can help uplift and support each other. And look, I'm the first person to make, you know, a little fun of myself and poke at myself because I'm human too, right? And my deepest belief is that we are this, of course, human being having a spiritual experience like we've heard in a lot of recent years, right? Oh, we're the human beings having spiritual experiences and That's where a lot of the new age and the woo-woo stuff comes into play. And I don't like the term woo-woo, but look, I'm a little woo-woo, if if you want to call it that. I just have deep beliefs that we are much more than our body and our mind. So call it woo-woo, call it whatever you want. But the truth is, is that we are really these potential spiritual beings having human experiences And it's that piece that is the toughest of all, because no one, again, has ever really showed us how to master it all, how to deal with all the emotions, how to deal with all the experiences, the fears, all the coping skills that we learned that we're finding now really don't serve us well. And if they serve you well, great, awesome. Keep doing the same coping skills, right? Keep doing the same things. But wasn't it I don't know, I think it was attributed to Einstein, maybe. I know there's been, you know, lots of talk on the internet all the time about how it was or it wasn't, but I don't know. I'll look it up and I'll let you know next time. But I think it was Einstein who it might have been attributed to that said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, I got to tell you, if you're unhappy with the way things are going kind of in your life, and you know on some level that something is missing, there's a piece to that puzzle that's just not quite there, and you can't figure it out. You don't have clarity in your life or your business or your career, or your relationship. You're, you know that there's that something missing. You, you long or want for something more, and you just can't figure out how to get it or you find that you just keep going over the same things over and over again from your past, or even the behaviors keep repeating, then it's about really becoming an emotional master for yourself. So my main goal with this whole show will always be to help you learn how to become that emotional master and really be that change you wish to see in the world. Really sharing who you are with others who need you. Offering up your own gifts and talents to create that larger impact and ripple of change in the world that I think so many in this world today that is so divisive and plagued by fear that we're all clamoring for. And really, most importantly, it's to help you learn how to help yourself, how to really live your true, authentic, powerful self, not powerless, but full of that power self that is standing in your power and living your purpose and passion and possibility and potential. Damn, that's a lot of peas I just realized. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's really about believing in yourself first. And that's something that 
absolutely is a little harder to do when you've been living a whole life where so many people and so many experiences you had maybe said, you shouldn't believe in yourself, or you can't. Or maybe you've even said that to yourself. Or maybe they've said, you don't have the skills or the training or the experience, blah, blah, blah. The stuff like, well, what do you want to go to into that in college for? That's not going to make any money. You won't be able to find a job doing that. All that stuff, right? It's not about that. It's about what do you believe? Well, I believe in you. And I know that sounds corny because I don't know you. But I saw a meme. I don't know, maybe it was on you know, one of the social media platforms or something where it says, I love you. And then the next line was, you may wonder how I can say that because I don't even know you. And then the next line was, but I figure if people can hate for no reason, then I can love for no reason. And I thought, man, that is so flippin' powerful, right? So the truth is, I can believe in you even without knowing you. And I can say that because you're here. You're listening. That means you're alive here on this planet right now. So just trust that you'll learn all the how-tos over time. Keep your dream alive. Keep what you've always had inside of you alive and right at the forefront. Because you're worth it and the world needs you. And you know what? I'll see you next week for a little more foundation building. As the band Journey said, and I think it's kind of funny that the band was Journey who, you know, sang this song, but really as the band Journey said, don't stop believing. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to Infinite Possibilities, Rise from the Ashes of Your Past, where you're letting go, discovering who you are, and taking your life back. See the show notes for important links on today's show and go to the infinitelypossible.com for free resources, feedback, or to let Susan know what you'd like to see on the show.